Have you ever had any questions about the Bible that you just couldn't get a solid answer for? Perhaps someone gave you answers, but they were confusing or not biblical. You tuned in at the right time and place to find real answers from God's Word, the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. Be sure to turn your radio down when you call. Live from Guam, join us now for Straight from the Bible with Pastor Louis Moffness. Hello and good afternoon. Welcome to another time of Straight from the Bible. And we have here a Bible question and answer program live, and we would love to welcome you and thank you very much for tuning in. And as we go into our program today, we would like to uh, first, as we always do, uh, start with prayer. So please join us. Our Heavenly Lord, as we open the Scriptures with excitement, we expect that you are going to answer the questions that we have. And so I would like to ask a blessing upon our study today. Please be with our listening friends. And I pray, dear Lord, that their questions that they will call in will receive a Bible answer. I pray for everyone here in the studios of Joy FM that you will lead us with your spirit also. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, my name is Pastor Louis Moffness, and I am so glad to have with me Pastor Tiago Cunha. Hello, Pastor Tiago. I'm very glad that you're here today. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I'd like to greet also our listeners. It's always a pleasure to join you, Pastor Louis. Always. And uh, as you can hear, he has a much more fascinating accent than mine. And <laughs> Pastor Tiago, <laughs> you've seen him many times on Joy FM, and you've heard his uh, messages also. And uh, Pastor Tiago is from Portugal. Uh, but he has been led by God to pastor the Agania Heights Church here. He, before that, he was uh, pastoring in Palau mm -hmm. and, uh, well, several other places. Let's leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> and so please, uh, with, now is the time to call in your Bible questions. And uh, if you want to call, here are the phone numbers to use, 472-1111. 472-1111. Now, if you're calling from the CNMI, Saipan, Tinian, or Rhoda, then this is the number to use, 323-1113. 323-1113. Now, you can text us through WhatsApp, and that would be area code 686. I'm sorry, wrong area code. 671-686, quadruple 9. Again, that's 671-686, 9999 and it's free from the CNMI. Now if you would like to email your question in, that's also an option. Here's the address to use. Bible at joyfmradio.net. Again, that's Bible at joyfmradio.net. And you may also visit us on Facebook. And you can go to facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Once more, that's facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. And if you go there and you uh, see the live feed, we are streaming uh, live on our uh, video. And you can leave your question in the comments section below the video. And we'll see that question immediately. You can also see what Pastor Tiago looks like. 
Yeah, see his <laughs> handsome passer. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, I would like to also say that if you are call, if you are listening to rather, if you are listening to this program at any other time besides Monday from five to six, then you are listening to a rebroadcast. Now, of course, you can still call or email or contact the st- the studio, but the answer to your question will come the lot the next live program, presumably the next Monday. So go ahead and pick up your phones right now and call in your Bible question. Our phone lines are open, our operators are standing by, and Pastor Tiago and I have our Bibles open, and we are so glad to be with you today. Well, Pastor Cunha, until those uh, phones start ringing, Hmm. we do have a few questions that have come to us through email. And so why don't we entertain one of those? So Carol is asking a question, Mm -hmm. and Carol would like to know, what is the kingdom of grace and glory? Okay, so that's uh, that that's um, talk within uh, mm. some certain denominations. There's a kingdom of grace mm. or a kingdom of glory. Yeah, right. uh, does the scriptures have anything to say about Absolutely. this? Now, it's it's important for us to have um, already uh, to start with a notion that the term itself that yes. we just uh, read uh, it doesn't come exactly verbatim like that in the Bible. Right. Uh, but the notion itself, I believe it, we can say that it's biblical. Basically, mm. the kingdom of grace is basically the kingdom that Jesus has conquered in the moment that he uh, that he died for us right you know where he invites every single sinner to come to him now we can read a few texts if you like uh, pastor pastor Mafnes, okay. just to support that same uh, idea good we can, idea we can go just for example to colossians chapter 2 and verse uh, uh, 15 um, can we read that one okay. so that's Colossians. You said Colossians 2. Uh, yeah, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15. Okay, okay. so allow me to turn there. Absolutely. Book of Colossians chapter 2, 15. Absolutely. And I always re- try to remember Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians by go eat potatoes. <laughs> but uh, that's just one of my memorization ways. Okay, Colossians chapter 2. And verse 15. And, and verse 15. Allow me to read. It says, And having spoiled principalities and powers... Mm-hmm. He made a show of them openly, triumphing mm-hmm. o- uh, over them in it. Is that the correct verse? Absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So basically we see that something powerful truly happened there. And actually, y- right. you know, if you permit me, uh, the way that we can actually understand this in an easier way is by going to Revelation chapter 12. Um, Revelation chapter, mm, chapter 12. Yes. You know, we don't have time to actually uh, have a study uh, a, to every single detail of Revelation 12. It's a but deep chapter. Yeah, it's a very interesting chapter. I invite all of you actually to study that. And if you'd like to have more information about mm. prophecy, please let us know because we'd love to actually help you understand more about that. And so if you permit me to read um, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 10, uh, it says basically, and I heard a loud voice, that's Apostle John speaking here, saying in heaven, now is the is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. Hmm. Now, it's very interesting that this text basically talks about kingdom and also talks about power. Yes. Now. When do we need power? Mm. When we feel weak, right? Right. right? And so let's see if we can find something in the Bible that actually connects to these to these texts, right? Okay. So if we go, for example, to Romans chapter 5 and verse 6. Okay. Um, Pastor Mafnus, would you like to read that one? I would love to. Romans okay. chapter 5 and verse 6. Romans 5, 6 says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. 
There well, you that go. is interesting. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So basically what we see is that Christ, basically, he opened up the doors of the kingdom of grace so that we can be accepted by the Father through the sacrifice of mm. Jesus, which is by grace. Okay. Now, you also talk about the, the kingdom the, of glory. The kingdom of glory. Basically, yes. the kingdom of glory is the kingdom to come. Mm-hmm. Right. Where, you know, it's not here yet, not here yet, mm. where there will be no filters between us and God we will be able to fellowship with him, we will be able to fellowship with the holy angels of God. All right. And uh, if you permit me just quickly to read, for example, okay. First Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 50, ah, where yes. it says, now these I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, neither does corruption inherit incorruption. So that means that there is a transformation that mm-hmm. basically in this chapter, First Corinthians chapter 15, uh, there is a transformation that we all need to go through. We receive new bodies, we receive immortal bodies, right? right? Not like the ones that we have here, because when we die, we rest in the dust, right? But one day when Jesus comes, the Bible tells us we will receive new bodies, uncorruptible bodies, immortal bodies that will permit us to inherit the kingdom of glory. And we are looking forward to that kingdom. Well, it is wonderful to be a a part of God's kingdom of grace, where he... Because he is a king, he is the one, and by the way, a king many times in the Bible was the judge. Absolutely. He was the one who uh, executed God's laws and, and right. things like that. And That's so when a king had grace, oh, mm-hmm. what a wonderful thing. That's right. If the king, the king would let, uh, let the guilty sinner mm-hmm. go free. And so with Jesus as our king, it is wonderful that we have a kingdom of grace. That's right. <laughs> it's That's just right. wonderful. That's right. And That's yes, right. we are looking forward to when, by his grace, mm-hmm. we make it to Absolutely. Absolutely. that kingdom, Absolutely. that glorious kingdom when he shall reign. Absolutely. By the way, the Bible says that even over the whole earth, you know, it says in in the book of Matthew chapter 5, blessed Mm. are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. What a glorious day that will be. Something that is just important just to probably just to uh, conclude is Mm. that without the kingdom of grace, we don't have access to the kingdom of glory. And that is an important important. notion. Yes. So we usually say, and I usually say this to, to my beloved, that... We, you can ex- experiment already the kingdom of God right here and right now. Mm. In the moment that you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, He will give you the kingdom of grace in your heart for yes. you to finally to experiment what He wants you to try for all eternity. Yes. And how do we know that? Because of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. Mm. Right, and so Romans chapter twelve, verse two, very powerful text. You know, Let's go there. W- well known, but uh, but it's it's so beautiful. You know, which actually kind of describes this transformation that we need to go through. Mm, right. When Apostle Paul says, if you permit me, Romans twelve, verse two, it says, "And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed." There you go. The word transformation mm. by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So a transformation today guarantees us a transformation when Absolutely. Jesus shall come. That's right. That's right. Wonderful. That's right. Wonderful. That's right. Now it looks like we have a question from a young lady awesome. and this is Nani. We're going to put Nani on the air. All right. Okay. Hello Nani. You are on the air. Thank you so much for calling. Hello. Hi. Do you have a question for us Nani? Yeah. Okay. And what is your question? Will my Go to heaven. Will your pet go to heaven? Okay, Pastor Cunha, do you have any? Do you have an answer for this? Uh, yeah, you're gonna get me into trouble, right? Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> okay, well, na- Nani, yeah. oh, go ahead, Pastor. Yeah, no, please go ahead. <laughs> okay. Well, um, 
I would like to say, Nani, that um, in the Bible there is a verse that says that when we get to the kingdom of heaven, when we have the new heaven and the new earth, that there's going to be many animals there, and the animals are going to be very harmless. If you go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 6, and you can ask your mommy and daddy to help you with this. In the book of Isaiah, chapter 11, verse 6, it says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid. The word kid there means a young goat. And the calf and the young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. So it sounds like even in the kingdom of heaven, in the new earth, children there will have pets. Pet lions, pet leopards, pet wolves, pet lambs, pet, well, pet everything, really. (laughs) And so I would like to believe that everything that makes us happy here will be restored to us there. And I'm looking forward to that because, you know, Mm. I loved my pets and some of my pets have, well, they've died because, you know, we live in a very, very sad world. Mm -hmm. But I know that when I get to heaven, when I get to the kingdom of uh, the the new earth and the new heaven and new earth, that God will give me everything Mm -hmm. that that makes me happy. And so you also, God loves you and he wants to see you happy also. Absolutely. So I think that he will give you back your pets mm-hmm. and give you a few new ones. Absolutely. I think you already mentioned it, Pastor Lewis. You know, you know, Nani, you need to know that God loves you very, very much. And mm-hmm. he will not take away anything that, you know, he knows that is important for you, especially for all eternity, you know. And so one thing that we know is that the Bible tells us, if you read in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 19, the same breath of life that is in us is also in the animals. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Jesus, when he came to die, he died for human beings, not for the animals, because animals were innocent. So if one day you get to heaven and God decides to surprise you, because he loves to surprise especially young children like you, Mm -hmm. if he wants to surprise you and give you back your your loving pet that Mm -hmm. you miss so much, you know, he might just do that, you know. But one thing that I want to tell you for sure is this. Whatever you have in heaven waiting for you, it will be just exactly what you need to be happy for all eternity. That's right. So, Nani, did did that answer your question? Yeah. Okay. Well, Nani, we want to thank you very much for calling, and we thank you very much for your question. That's right. You feel free to call anytime you want, okay? Absolutely. Okay. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. From the mouth of little children, mm. that's, uh, true wisdom, and uh, indeed, in this in this question that uh, little Nani actually just shared, we see exactly the desire of someone that wants to right. dreams about heaven, of Absolutely. course, you know, and wants to make sure that in heaven we find everything that is right there. When we come close to the Lord Jesus, we know that He will provide everything that we need in order to be happy. Absolutely, because he, we're not we're going to move just for a couple of days. It's for all eternity. It's all right? eternity. That's right. <laughs> there will be nothing that we will miss there. Absolutely. That uh, Absolutely. that that Jesus uh, used here to give us our joy. That's right. And it's not only pets, but uh, of course we look forward to seeing our loved ones who have been saved by the grace of God in the kingdom of heaven. Um, And a lot of the things that uh, we hope to see, we will see there, especially we will get to see Jesus. I'm looking, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing like dinosaurs (laughs) and things like that. But okay. So we do have a caller who left a question and this caller is asking, 
Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why is the Gospel of Luke pertinent to the others when Luke hardly knew Jesus? Good question. Mm-hmm. I believe that Luke himself answers that in the yeah, book of Luke. Absolutely. And That's what uh, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what verse I'm going to. Yeah. Uh, when you go to the book of Luke, uh, well, first of all, uh, when you go to uh, Matthew, yes, Matthew was one of the original disciples. Mm-hmm. So was John. Now, Mark wasn't. Mark was, uh, it was a young uh, uh, person who was very close to the Apostle Peter. Many scholars believe that Mark actually got his gospel from Peter. Yeah. Um, that's, uh, that's one thought. Mm. But Luke was the attending physician, a Gentile attending physician, yeah. to the Apostle Paul. So he never knew, knew Jesus personally That's when right. Jesus was here on earth. So why is the gospel of Luke pertinent? Mm-hmm. Is there anything you would like to uh, answer to that? So actually, you know, uh, that's a very interesting question because, and it's interesting because right now I'm going through the Gospels and the Gospel of Luke is the one that I'm studying right now. Praise so, God. <laughs> absolutely. You know, and it's very, very interesting because um, a lot of people actually, they at a certain moment, especially skeptics, you know, question a lot the Gospel of Luke mm. for several reasons. Uh, and one of them is exactly because Luke was not someone who was personally familiar with Jesus. And so they, they, they doubted his date and so on. But later on, you know, some archaeological findings, hmm. they basically just just brought to light the fact that Luke was writing all the dates and all the things that he actually says there. <laughs> so it's very interesting. Of course, there's all, also other things that they're still uh, trying to find. But one thing that is for sure is this. I mean, uh, we know that Luke, he was a doctor. He was a yes, physician, right? A physician. A very yeah. methodical person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's why you you have details there. We don't have time to actually go through all the this study. The whole gospel? But, uh, no. Absolutely. <laughs> but you find details there that the others don't don't give to us. For example, when, when the when uh, Peter's mother-in-law, she's sick, for example, he gives a description of her sickness mm-hmm. using, actually in the original Greek, a medical term that the others do not use, for Interesting. example. And so he knows exactly what he's talking about. Now, he tells us exactly how he actually puts it together mm-hmm. in Luke chapter 1. In Luke chapter 1, uh, if we read just the very first initial introductory notes uh, from uh, from Luke himself, notice that it says in chapter 1, starting in verse 1, he says, For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. So notice this. Mm-hmm. He already says that he is a believer. Yep, that's okay? right. And that is a very important starting note right there. Yes. Okay, because he's not just, you know, going to share something that has no impact in his life. Right. He's sharing something that had such a tremendous impact in his life that he became what? A, a believer. believer. Okay? That's right. And so verse 2 tells us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. Now notice this. What sources does he use? He uses what eyewitnesses. eyewitnesses. Ministers, ministers of, the word, of the word. Okay. And so if he's using eyewitnesses, who is he talking about? He's talking about those who knew Jesus absolutely, personally. Absolutely. Yes. He's talking about the apostles. Mm-hmm. He's talking about people who actually uh, experienced Jesus through some wave, through some miracle, who received the word of encouragement from Jesus and so on. And so okay. people that have been impacted by the ministry of Jesus himself. Right. Okay. And can, so, you, can you imagine yeah. the, the, the Dr. Luke absolutely. going from patient to patient that he knew was healed by Christ, absolutely. talking to all the disciples. There you go. And he 
he is receiving yes. all of this information, Absolutely. writing Absolutely. it down. That's really uh, go on, go Absolutely. on, please. No, that's exactly it. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Pastor Luis. Thank you so much because that's exactly it. Because you're talking about someone that had a, a scientific point of view, you mm-hmm. know, two thousand years ago, of course, right. You know? But he's not just going to buy into anything. Right. So now you can imagine Luke, you know, talking with these eyewitnesses, you know, and making questions. So Jesus healed you? Mm-hmm. But what was your disease? Right, right. No, you can't just say, oh, I had a pain in my back. That's it. I'm like, <laughs> really? But I had leprosy. Kind of, he's going to ask what kind of pain you had, where was the pain, and so on, so on, so on. That's why, for example, in, the, in that example that I just gave about uh, Peter's mother-in-law, He's able to use exactly a, a, a medical term right. because he knows what he's talking about. So you couldn't just come with anything just, just out of your mind that, that just to, to try to blind him with anything that you could say. He was someone that knew exactly what he was talking about. And so later on in verse 3, he says, It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding yes. of all things. Notice, he doesn't just understand a, a little bit. Uh-huh. He wants to go in-depth into the right. study. Yeah. You know? He didn't write down anything that he... He wasn't fully convinced Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Yes. There you go. There exactly that, Pastor. Uh, Pastor uh, Lewis. Pastor <laughs> 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 okay. So when he says, it seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from, um, from the very first, to write unto you in order, most excellent Theophilus, mm. that you might know. Now, notice this, might know the certainty of all things wherein you have been instructed. That's right. He wants us to be sure that the story of Jesus is not just some fable, is not just some story that someone came up with. He wants us to be sure that the things that that he's sharing about Jesus himself are absolutely true and that right. we can trust Jesus. I love how we are pointing out that this particular gospel was put together in such a systematic fashion. There you go. Uh, it was it was the product of research, and mm-hmm. I love this because it really does strike at the heart of the notion that the Bible is a bunch of mm-hmm. a, a collection of fairy tales and fables. But we have here a doctor who mm-hmm. wasn't uh, who's not persuaded just by <laughs> by uh, you know cunningly devised fables, but. I did want to address uh, something in the in the question where it seems as if Luke should be discredited because mm-hmm. he didn't see it himself. That's right. But in the book of John, we know the story of when um, when the doubting Thomas Absolutely. saw Jesus. Well, mm-hmm. he didn't see him yet. Mm-hmm. Everybody else saw him, but he didn't. Absolutely. And he says, I will not believe until I physically him touch him or t- see him Absolutely. and then touch him. And then Jesus, he comes and he gives this very gentle rebuke mm-hmm. to Thomas. Thank God that God, yeah, Jesus didn't give up on his doubting disciple. Absolutely. And so he says, you, have, you, see, you believe because you have seen mm-hmm. me. Blessed are those who, believe do, who believe without, without seeing. seeing. Yeah. And so, that, by the way, that's in the book of John chapter John 20. 20 yes. And so... Although Luke got it from eyewitnesses, this does not, you know, how many of us have seen Jesus? Absolutely. Does that discredit us? Absolutely. Does it discredit our experience, what we have learned? Absolutely. Well, of course not, because, Absolutely. you know, eyewitnesses, uh, that's a privilege that belonged only to a very select few mm-hmm. in history. Absolutely. 
Uh, we didn't see the Red Sea crossing. We didn't see the pillar of fire. And yet, and we didn't see Jesus, uh, you know, with our physical eyes. And yet none of this discredits the fact that faith and knowing the truth right. is just, and Jesus says, blessed are those mm-hmm. who believe it even without that firsthand experience. And he's talking about the experience of Luke and, and us as well. That's right. That's right. And the, the interesting thing is that, you know, uh, notice the effort. And actually, I, I think you, we can perceive that exactly mm. in these introductory notes from, from, from uh, Luke. Mm-hmm. He wants us to increase our conviction yes. and our confidence Absolutely. in the gospel. So as he's writing this, you know, I believe that he also actually, uh, that we also can have that same experience of conviction and confidence in this God that has touched so many lives, you know, someone that walked among us like one of us, Mm. suffering the same things that we suffer, you know, all the temptations that we suffer. You can read about that in Hebrews chapter four, but never committed sin. He survived to all of this, you know. And in the end, we think, okay, someone who was willing to do all this, Hmm. that touched so many lives, he can also touch my life. Amen. That's right. right. And so that is actually the the pinnacle of this experience that you must have exactly with the Bible. As you go through all these stories, it's they're not just stories, you know. They are experiences from real people mm-hmm. with a very real God, and this real God can also give you a very real hope. Right. Now, we do have another question that has come in. Oh, by the way, thank you very much for the person who uh, sent in that question. There is another question that came to us through WhatsApp, and the question that they texted was, what is the old covenant? What is the new covenant? And what is the difference? I could give a whole hour sermon on this one, <laughs> but how can we answer this? What is the old covenant, the new covenant? What's the difference? Well, we're going to try to make it very simple because as Pastor uh, uh, Mafnes just mentioned, you know, um, this would be probably not a one hour a sermon, uh, knowing Pastor Mafnes like <laughs> I do, he probably can make a whole seminar out of this. <laughs> but let me just po- tell you this. The Old Covenant is everything that points out to the sacrifice of Jesus. Mm-hmm. That's the right. New Covenant is everything that is based on what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. True. It, that's a simple way to put it, right? That is the simplest <laughs> way. That, thank you for making it that <laughs> succinct. Yes. Because that, that is, I mean, notice this. When John the Baptist, you can read about this in, in John chapter 1. When John the Baptist was baptizing people, he sees Jesus coming to, to River Jordan in order to be baptized by John the Baptist, which was his cousin. Mm. And he looks at him, and how does he identify him? Behold, the Lamb, the of, Lamb God. of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, every Hebrew or Jewish person who heard that knew exactly what absolutely. John was referring to. It clicked immediately. Lamb. Absolutely. absolutely. Of course, absolutely. they knew. I mean, for 4,000 years, they had these <laughs> uh, daily sacrifices of lambs, you know, at 9 a.m., at 3 p.m. They always had these daily sacrifices going on. So when he, they hear John the Baptist, you know, which was very, very well known at the time, they immediately identify, I mean, he's talking about about the sacrifices. So mm. the sacrifices must be the Messiah. That's right. Right? Yes. And so everything so everything that we're talking about the old covenant brings into fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Yes. Now notice this. He didn't erase anything. No. He fulfilled. Fulfilled it. Okay. That's he right. fulfilled. That's actually one of the introductory notes that he has in the Sermon on the Mountain, for example, you know, when he tells us exactly that don't think that I came to actually to destroy the law. Mm-hmm. I came to fulfill, fulfill the, law, the law. Right? Right. And so he never erased anything. He just fulfilled it. So the old covenant are all those laws that were brought into fulfillment when Jesus died on the cross. Mm. 
the new covenant yes. is everything that you live actually in the kingdom of grace that we just talked about <laughs> just a while ago. You see that's how right. It's yes. disconnected. So everything that is based and supported by that amazing sacrifice that Jesus did for us on the cross, now that is all the new covenant. That's right. Um, another uh, way to look at it also, if we go to the book of Hebrews chapter 8, we take a yeah. look at how the writer of the book of Hebrews addresses the difference between the old and the new covenant. It says in verse 7, uh, well, reading from 7 to 10, it says, For if that first covenant, now the first covenant, of course, is the old. Mm-hmm. If that first covenant had been faultless, there should, uh, then should no place have been sought for the second And then verse 8, for finding fault with them, he saith, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Verse 9, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers, again, that's the old covenant, in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, saith the Lord. And now verse 10 Uh, Verses 7 to 9 is pretty much Old Covenant. Verse 10, For this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. Mm -hmm. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. Now, unfortunately, as you can hear from the music, we have come to our halfway point. Now, that means that we are still going to have another half. We're not done. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this. Broken hearts have dropped by and were introduced to the heart mender. Minds that had never considered Jesus as the answer to their questions left wiser than when they had found us. Souls, dry and weathered from struggle and loneliness, found a friend and were comforted by what they heard. Joy FM, meeting people where they are and welcoming them to a far better place. No one arrives with the exact same struggle, and we can't say we have all the answers. But every thought shared here is a hand-delivered invitation to rescue. God is aware of your struggles and is ready to help you. Encouragement is always part of our programming. And if what we do has helped, maybe you would like to join in the work by financially supporting this gateway connection between people who need God and God who loves people. Mutual support is always mutually beneficial. Joy FM, family-friendly radio. Welcome back to the second half of Straight from the Bible. You can call us right now with your questions at 472-1111 or in the CNMI at 323-1113. You can email your questions anytime to bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit your questions online to joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us now for Straight from the Bible. Okay, we have now returned back from our break. I'm Pastor Louis Moffnes here with Pastor Tiago Cunha, and this is Straight from the Bible. If you have a Bible question, please call it in. 
Here's the phone number to call from Guam, 472-1111, 472-1111. If you're calling from Saipan, Tinian, or Rota, please dial from those beautiful islands, 323-1113, 323-1113. And you can visit us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Again, facebook.com forward slash Joy FM Radio. You can text us your question, 671-686-9999. That's WhatsApp. You can WhatsApp your question in, 671-686-9999. And I uh, neglected to mention that if you go to our Facebook page, you'll see the live feed, and you can leave your question there in the comments section below the video. And we'll be so glad to use this last half of our program today to open the Bible and search for answers to the questions that you have. Now, Pastor Cunha, mm-hmm. thank you very much for uh, for showing how the, the, the difference between the New Covenant and the Old Covenant, the Old Covenant foretold what Jesus, mm-hmm. uh, what the Messiah was going to be all about. And Jesus came and he fulfilled uh, what uh, what was spoken of him, Absolutely. and uh, he brought the grace, he brought the sacrifice, he brought everything to fruition and realization when he came. Absolutely. He indeed was the Lamb of God that Absolutely. was to take away the king, Absolutely. the sins Absolutely. of the world. Um, I before we went to our break, I read Hebrews chapter eight, verse seven to ten, which also talks, looks at the covenant as the agreement between God and his people. Absolutely. And it's very evident from verse 7 to 9 mm-hmm. that the covenant that God made with the people back in the Old Testament, and by the way, this mm-hmm. is really seen at the at Mount Sinai, when Moses said, you know, if you keep my covenant, you'll mm-hmm. be my special people. That Absolutely. was the words of God. Absolutely. They said, everything that God said, we will do. Absolutely. And then by the time Moses comes back 40 days later, they're worshiping a golden calf. Absolutely. And so he says that, I'm sorry, in, um, in verse 7 and 8, it says that he found fault with them. Mm-hmm. So, I'm sorry, excuse me. <laughs> so the new covenant what is the difference between the new covenant and in the, in the old covenant? The law of God was written on stone; mm-hmm. it was placed in the ark. Uh, in the new covenant, it specifically says in verse ten mm-hmm. that the covenant, uh, the new covenant that God will make, it says that He will put the law in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Now that's Absolutely. different. Absolutely, that's different from simply having engraven in stone. Absolutely. When it's written in our heart, it becomes a part of our character. Absolutely. We are changed. We are converted. Mm-hmm. We are transformed. Absolutely. It seems like we keep coming back to being transformed. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. You know, but it is important for us to understand that those Ten Commandments that were written on stone, just that fact, it reveals the eternal, the eternal dimension yes. of those commandments. Mm-hmm. And we need to understand that because that's the only portion of the Bible that was not inspired by God. Mm-hmm. It was written, written by God, by his own finger, and not on a c- on common paper or, right. or skin <laughs> or, or papyrus or whatever that's you want right. to come up with. You know, <laughs> He wrote them on stone. Now, think with me. Does that make sense? It makes sense only. If God yes. wanted us to understand mm-hmm. that those commandments were for, for us to understand that they are eternal in their nature because God wrote them with his own finger. If I, if I say it's written in stone, Absolutely. that means it is something Absolutely. that is permanent, Absolutely. eternal. Absolutely. Although the, what you said in very well is that 
God's goal was never just for us to keep on sacrificing. Mm. God actually looks at that and says, okay, I want you to understand mm. what is the result of sin. That's right. why he had all, all those all those uh, sacrifices. Yes. And uh, I was just mentioning it to Pastor Mafnas that I wanted to read also Hosea chapter 6, verse 6, where God himself, he says, for I desire mercy and not sacrifice and the knowledge of God more than burnt offerings. Right. So you see that... God was revealed in a very special way in the person of his son, Jesus. And so that knowledge of God that he wants us to have, we can grasp it by looking at Jesus mm. and making of him the center of our lives mm-hmm. and of our confidence. And exactly as we talked about the, the Gospel of Luke, you see how everything is connected. Yes. You know, by grasping that confidence that actually we can have from his word, by the person of Jesus, we will also achieve exactly that same relationship that we want and God wants to, to maintain with us. Amen. Now, there's another caller who left a question that is actually very, um, it's a very good question. Here's what, I'll, I'll read it just as it's sent to us. Pastor, you just mentioned that we will see our loved ones when we get to heaven. This was what I believed growing up. When I was a young adult, a pastor told our congregation in his sermon that even though we may go to heaven with our loved ones, we won't know them because they are different when we get to heaven. This caused a lot of heartache for me, especially after I just lost my mother. I am looking forward to meeting her again in heaven, but am so afraid that we won't know each other. Can you please help me understand what God's message really is in all this? Thank you. Well, uh, it, it was an anonymous uh, uh, caller who brought in that question. But I think we have some very good news from the scriptures for this, uh, for this person. So yeah, first I, I can I, I want to say to that caller that you know we sympathize with. I, oh I yes, feel some absolutely. Pain exactly in yes. your question, you know. But I want to tell you once again, I just told that, you know, to a young child that called in. And I want to tell you also that God will never do anything that will break your heart. That's right. He wants you to be happy. Mm-hmm. So imagine this. Can you imagine really that God would resurrect you and your wife, your mother, <laughs> your father, your children? Doesn't matter. And then you would go to heaven without ever being able to recognize each other. Is that the kind that of God that you, that you imagine? That's not the kind I of God I imagine. I do not imagine God like that. Mm. I am absolutely sure and positive that you'll be able to recognize your beloved ones. Amen. And how do we know that? Well, for me, there's one clear, there's many texts. Pastor Martin is going to help me with this. But there is for me one simple truth that mm. is this. When Jesus resurrected, were his disciples able to recognize him? Absolutely, yes. You know, actually, the first person that was able to see him, it was Mary Magdalene. Right. You can find the story actually in John chapter 20. Uh, you see that, you know, in the beginning, she was not able to immediately to recognize. But as soon as she opens his mouth and he says, <laughs> Mary, she turns to him and she's she like, saw. my Lord, my Savior, you know. And so she was able to recognize Jesus. If she was able to recognize the resurrected Jesus that had been tortured, had been beaten up, mm-hmm. crucified, died in a way that nobody else will have to die in this world. If she was able to recognize him, I am sure that he'll be able to recognize also your loved ones. The scripture says very plainly that when we shall see him, we shall be as he is. Absolutely. And so, which means that when 
Jesus, he died, was buried, and resurrected. Mm-hmm. We also, when when a person dies, is buried and resurrected, we are still recognizable. Just as Jesus was recognizable, Absolutely. we will be just like him. Absolutely. In the Absolutely. book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12, mm-hmm. it says, For now we see, we mm-hmm. see through a glass darkly. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, if I wish I had a video of heaven. I wish I did. But right now, we're seeing it a little darkly. We don't see it in all its fullness. Absolutely. But then it says, but then face-to-face. Okay, mm-hmm. so it's talking about the face-to-face experience of being in heaven personally. It says, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. So the verse is plainly saying that when we get to heaven, we shall be known. Absolutely. We will be known by each other. Absolutely. Now, please uh, in, indulge my wonderful uh, uh, habit of imagination. <laughs> but um, when we do get to heaven, it it may get it may take a while for you to recognize me because I, you know right now. I, I'm bald. I'm going to have long flowing hair when I get to, <laughs> uh, you know, all, all of the, all of the defects of sin that we have, Right. you know, the person who was lame is going to be walking. The That's person right. who was yeah. blind is going to be seen. Uh, the person who uh, was disfigured is mm-hmm. going to have perfect health. And so I, I have one person who said, Lewis, I'm going to recognize you in heaven because you're always cracking your fingers. <laughs> so, in other words, um, we will be perfect. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, maybe we're going to be like, Lewis, is that you? But then we will know each other. Absolutely. And it just occurred to me, Pastor Cunha, that we do have examples of resurrected, gone to heaven people Absolutely. who were recognizable yeah, 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 even after that. Absolutely. Moses, Moses died. Yeah. He went to heaven. And then when Peter, James, and John saw him with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration, Absolutely. you know, they said, they mm-hmm. identified him, that's Elijah. Yeah. And they saw, I'm sorry, Moses and Elijah. Mm-hmm. So even after, and, and Jesus plainly says that there will be many who come from the east and the west and sit mm-hmm. down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So they're going to recognize them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yes, yeah. these people maintain their personality, still recognizable, Absolutely. maybe after a little bit. <laughs> but yes, yeah. the the relationships that we have here mm. will only carry on through eternity Absolutely. when we get to Absolutely. see them once more. I am looking forward Absolutely. to seeing that. Well, we, we need to understand that, you know, there's a f- very few things that we'll take to heaven. And one of them is our character. Character. Um, more than just physical appearance, you know, with the transformed body and the transformed mind, right. you'll be able to recognize the people that you love so much, especially for the character that they have developed with Christ even in this earth. Now, how do we know that? Well, exactly because of the text that we read a while ago in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, you Mm -hmm. know. Why would the Lord tell us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind if our mind in the end is going to be just transformed once again to receive holy characters? That's right. A holy character is something that you develop in this world, in this life. Here. Mm-hmm. Right here, by opening up your heart fully and completely to the Lord Jesus. And so, uh, once more, I believe we have good news from the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And that is, when we get to heaven, the reunion that we're going to have with our loved ones and friends is going to be a joyful reunion. We're not going to be alone in the crowd saying, who are you? I don't know. I don't even know who I am. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> uh, we don't get amnesia uh, when we get to heaven. But no, we will, we will be gloriously different, but still 
what God has transformed us to be here on earth. Absolutely. Now, we do have another question that has come in, and it looks like we have 15 minutes left in our program today. I encourage those of you who are listening to take advantage of those phone numbers I gave earlier, 472-1111. That's from Guam, from the CNMI, 323-1113. So here's another question. It says, a caller wants to know about backsliding. What is backsliding? How do people backslide? And how do people come back from backsliding? Oh, that is a very good question. Mm -hmm. You know, the word backsliding is really used in the the book of Jeremiah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've read the book of Jeremiah. It's one of my favorite books in the Old Testament. Um, Okay, so the first uh, part of the question is, what is is backsliding. Well, let me, I I like to start with uh, saying what backsliding is not. Backsliding is not, um, in in the course of your uh, Christian walk, if you make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, I had an impure thought. Oh, that's it. I'm I'm a backslidden uh, Mm -hmm. Christian. And uh, oh, yeah. The board backsliding really means what it's talking about, where you slide all the way back, you know, when you are no longer going forward. And so that is not because um, all of the disciples, they were walking with Jesus and yet they had a lot of problems. And so just having a problem in your life or something that you're struggling with, that in itself is not backsliding. Um, uh, Did you have anything to add to that? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, backsliding means that you were in a certain platform of your walk with God Mm -hmm. and you slid back, you know, from that position, that relationship with God, for some reason, you know, you disconnected from God, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, disconnection from God. And so that's exactly it. And so we have a few examples in the Bible, actually, about that. There's one very prominent uh, Mm. example, which was um, Pastor Mofnes, King Saul. That is probably one of the most prominent um, examples that we have in the Bible. Although I should say the following, you know, in a certain sense, and that's why, you know, I want to say this, you know, just for the sake of those that are just hearing us and felt that they have gone too far, you know, maybe there's something that happened in, in your life and so on. There is salvation available to you. Yes. You need to understand that. Okay. Yes. Don't let the enemy come to your ear, to your mind saying that, you know, oh, no, 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 no. There, you're, you, no hope for you. you, you there's yeah. no hope for you. Right. It's too late for you. You went too far. No, beloved, you know, uh, from a person, you know, and mm. also Pastor Mofnes, we worked with people that, you know, they really went far in their lives, you know, away from the Lord. And today we know many of them that are today following the Lord in a very close relationship and being lights in this world, pointing to Jesus Christ. Could I read a verse that actually, where God actually says that to the people who are backsliding? Again, the book of Jeremiah, and it says, uh, chapter 3, verse 12, go and proclaim these words toward the north and say, return thou backsliding Israel, saith the Lord, and I will not cause mine anger to fall upon you for I am merciful saith the Lord and I will not keep anger forever Jeremiah 3:14 just two verses after turn o backsliding children saith the Lord for I am married unto you 
and I will take you one of a city, two of a family, and I will bring you to Zion. So obviously there is hope even for a person who has backslidden. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and that was part of the question that was uh, submitted to us is how does a person come back from backsliding? Well, the verses tell us return. You might even use the word repent. Absolutely. And that means to turn in our heart back to absolutely. God. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? And the Lord Jesus tells us clearly in John 6, he tells us that he will not reject anyone that comes to him. You mm-hmm. know, right. it doesn't matter your condition. You know, it matters that you come to him. You yes. know, now there are some backsliders that, you know, that for them it became too late, like like right. in the case of King Saul. Absolutely. But it was by option. Please understand that. It was by personal option option you know he chose to go too far from the lord mm-hmm. until the moment that he chose to destroy his life basically, that's right you know and so again the word choice here is very important you know nobody is lost by not choosing to be away from the lord that's you true. know so you, you need to understand that that to be a backslider means that you have disconnected from God mm-hmm. and you slid back, you know, from that relationship that the Lord has invited you to have with him. You know, I, I, you, you just answered the other part of the question, how do people backslide? And I appreciate how you, how you illustrated that, is that it really is choice. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a matter of choice. It's a matter of um, right now a person listening to this broadcast you have a choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may be wondering, uh, you know, can I come back to God? Just the very fact that you're thinking that yeah. tells us that there's hope for you because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. And you have a choice. And I, you know, the pastor, Konya and I, we both have the choice right now to stay with God, to stay with Jesus. Let him carry us. Let him hold us. Let him help us. Let him save us. And right now, this is the choice that we have to make. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to choose Jesus, there we need not backslide. Because our Jesus, like I, I love that verse you brought up. It says that uh, nothing can take us out of his hand. Absolutely. And Absolutely. so Absolutely. if we trust in Christ, we are in a very safe place. Absolutely. Another just quick example that I would like to give is, the, is from Apostle Peter himself. You know, mm-hmm. I mean... Peter, he walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Yes. And after three and a half years, what does he do? He denies his Lord. Right. And not just that, actually, Jesus, he foretold him that, hey, you're going to deny me, you know, <laughs> not just once, but several times, three you know. Times. And mm. so after you deny me three times, you, 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 you know, and you are here just making all these promises and so on and on. But the interesting thing is that in, there's only one gospel that actually r- registers this same, uh, this same uh, um, moment when Apostle Peter, you know, after he denied the Lord Jesus, you know, he looks at Jesus mm-hmm. and Jesus looks at him. And you can find that in Luke chapter 22 and verse 61, right. where it tells us that the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter, <laughs> Oof, you know, after he d- uh, denied Jesus. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord that had spoken to him. And notice this. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me or mm. deny me three times. You know what was the option from Peter? Mm. It was, the, and this is the difference between Peter and Judas. Right. Judas went and he hanged himself. Mm-hmm. Peter, the Bible tells us, he went and he was crying yeah. sorrowfully. He wept bitterly. You know, mm. he was weeping bitterly in his heart, trying to find solution in Christ in prayer in order to be able 
to see Jesus once again. And praise God, Peter went on from that that disappointing experience Absolutely. to okay. having a close walk with Christ Absolutely. all over again. Absolutely. And, Absolutely. I expect, and we can expect to see, see him in the kingdom of heaven. Absolutely. Now, no we're running out of time. We have eight minutes, but here is a question. Um, it's, it's a very simple question. What does it mean to pervert the words of the Bible? Okay, well, that is also a <laughs> that yeah we're uh, we don't want to get in trouble in answering these questions, but that's a very good question. Absolutely. What does it mean to pervert the mm-hmm. words of the Bible? Absolutely, there, uh, there are several texts that we could very go yes to. <laughs> there are, uh, but we want to be kind but also candid yes. in the way that we uh, approach this, right, Pastor Mountness? Yes. Yeah, I don't know what verse you're going to, but I'm going to Revelation 22, 19. I'm already there, sorry. You're there. Okay. <laughs> 18 and 19. Why don't you, uh, would you like me to read it? And yeah, you absolutely. Can please, please go ahead. Okay. For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add to these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Pastor Cunha, would you like to comment on that? Well, absolutely. I mean, the, I think this, this text is so self-explanatory. You yes, know, it is. Yeah. Uh, that it's even hard to comment on something like this, you know. Basically, adding or taking anything away from God's word is a big no-no in the Bible, you know. Mm. And what right. is the consequence of that? That's what I want us to think about, you know. The Bible tells us in this text that Pastor Martin has read and very well that, you know, the result of actually adulterating God's word mm-hmm. is exactly to lose access to the tree of life, meaning eternal life. Right. And so that is a, a very bad consequence that I don't think anyone wants to actually to reap in the end. Mm. So please be careful that what we read will not be by adding or taking away from God's divine and inspired word. Yes. That's why, for example, if God, just let's just use the Ten Commandments as an example. Mm. If the Ten Commandments that were written by God's own finger in tablets of stone, you know, that only and alone, as we said before, tells us the sacredness of that portion of text. Actually, all the Bible is sacred, but that shows us even more how sacred that text actually is. Imagine that someone would come and starts changing those same commandments. Right. Well, guess what? In Daniel chapter 7, in verse 25, it tells us that one day a power would come and mm. would try to change times, times and, and laws. laws. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine someone having the audacity of changing what God wrote with his own finger? Mm-hmm. We got to be careful with that, you see? So God does not look lightly at something like this, you mm. know? So my suggestion would be this. When you look at someone that presents you the Ten Commandments, make sure that you confirm in Exodus 20 and to see that those commandments are really the ones that God wrote with his finger and not someone else. And for that matter, whenever a person is perhaps uh, explaining something to you, like our dear friend who said that there was a pastor saying that we're not going to know each other in heaven. Mm -hmm. It is very important for us to go and check when people say things Mm -hmm. like this. Uh, When people make a a claim Mm -hmm. about God or any of the truths of the scriptures, Mm -hmm. It would behoove you and I to be very responsible Well, what we hear, go to the scriptures and find out what it actually says. That's, That's one right. of the reasons why we have this That's program. Right. Um, in the book of 
let me uh, in the book of Second Peter three sixteen, <laughs> talking about the writings of the Apostle Paul. <laughs> Peter says, also in all his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, and the word rest there means to twist, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Mm -hmm. So don't add, Mm -hmm. don't take away, and don't twist it. Uh, The word twist means to turn it around and make it say something that it's not really supposed to say. And so, again, we need to be very, very responsible about what we hear Mm. and also what we say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the last one, probably, I would say, Pastor Moffman, is just take God's word as is. Right. Um, Sometimes we want to shape God's word according to our own uh, tastes and likes. Mm. No, 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 no. We need to be shaped by God's word. We're shaped, yes. That's why in 2 Timothy 4, verses 3 and 4, we don't really like these texts, but they are there, so we (laughs) we need to read them, right? Yes. It says, Apostle Paul says that the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. Mm. Ouch. And I'm not going to go any further because, you know, this is good enough. Take God's word as is, you know, yes. and let God shape Amen. your heart and your life according to his image. You know, I have to say this is that as a pastor, and we're both pastors, but I feel it a very solemn thing when I do get up there in the pulpit to preach because this is the word of God. And I've kind of made a, a commitment myself that I don't want to color the word of God the way I want. Mm-hmm. Uh, my... I, 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 I sense my calling is to simply give the word of God as it is to the people and let the Holy Spirit speak to it in the hearts as they, as, uh, as he wills. And so God, uh, God has given us the scriptures. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's nothing wrong with the law. Let it stand as it is. Absolutely. Amen. <laughs> okay. Now it looks like uh, we are down to our final two minutes <laughs> of our scripture, uh, of our, of our uh, time together. It's very regrettable that it doesn't look like we're going to get to all the questions that we have or even all the callers. But allow me to encourage you uh, the next time, uh, you know, maybe next Monday, Pastor Cunha will be with me again. I, I will, <laughs> we'll find out. But uh, please uh, take your question. Reserve it. If we haven't uh, taken it today, call back next Monday. But uh, perhaps we can have some closing thoughts and some closing words about some of the things that we said. Absolutely. You know, it seems like we had a lot of questions about the kingdom of heaven and uh, and uh, just how wonderful it is to look forward to that. Absolutely. But perhaps the, you have something to say. Absolutely. Just to say that, you know, and especially about God's word and mm. actually this last question is something that is very sensitive to us as ah, ministers. Yes, yes. You know. Um, remember this one of the reasons why we cannot change God's word Mm. and we cannot change um, what the message of the everlasting gospel as you can find in Revelation chapter 14 verse 6 for example Mm. is it's because there is no salvation outside of God no you know I would just quote Peter when he preached in Acts chapter 4 verse 12 where he says neither is there salvation in any other Mm. for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved and that name Jesus Jesus Christ. And so that brings us to the end of our program today. We would like to thank you for joining us. Please join us again next Monday for another time of Straight from the Bible. This is Pastor Louis Moffness. And this is Pastor Tiago Cunha. Saying goodnight. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Straight from the Bible. 
If you missed out on your question and would like to have it aired next time, you can also email us anytime to Bible at joyfmradio.net. Submit them online at joyfmradio.net or message us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash joyfmradio. Join us again next time for another edition of Straight from the Bible. Until then, may God bless you as you study His Holy Word, the Bible.